Running motherfucking hot, talking shop, we're back. Our numbers are rising, aren't they, Gallo? Oh, we're fucking back. You know, once we <laughs> commit to something, we made it, right? Well, and finally our editor was like, he was like, hey, I need I need you guys to knock out some pods for fuck's sakes. And we go, no, no, the numbers are down. We suck. He goes, no, the number, why do you guys keep saying that? The numbers are the numbers are hot. He's like, you, you can't just because the first time when you guys first dropped and you went ahead of ahead of Conan O'Brien. Yeah, let's talk more about that. Let's talk more about that. But all let's of a sudden, about we were ahead of, of Conan, Conan O'Brien. O'Brien. <laughs> I know you didn't fuck. I know you saw that tweet, motherfucker. Yeah, Conan. I know you saw you that. Fact. Bitch, Conan. There's a knock at the door. Who is here? I got a feel, sneaky feeling. I know. You know who's here, Conan. Fink from heaven. Hello, Fink. Well, good to see you, you little son of a bitch. <laughs> I don't I'm only allowed to cuss when I'm down here on Earth. That's right. St. Peter gives me once a week to see the boys. Thank you, Fink. You're, you're very Last time we saw you, had a bit of a, you had a bit of a lisp. And a, well, I had a lisp. <laughs> I'd been drinking a little. <laughs> I, was, I was on sabbatical. So, oh, I, I had a little sip of that wine. So when you get enough, I think I've, I think I've had a sip of wine. But <laughs> Fink's had some wine. It's like when anyway, Fink, when Fink gets the opportunity. Shut the fuck up, girl. Shut your fucking mouth. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to the hashtag Worth Podcast Hour. Talk and jump. <laughs> Here you go. Hold on, you didn't have a list the last time. Well, I, every time I have a little wine, I get a little lisp. <laughs> I only get to come down from heaven once a fucking week. Can you give me a break? Yeah. Shut the fuck up. Yeah, sorry, baby. Anyway, <laughs> let my scene God. Carl Anderson. That's me. Hello, and, baby. And the North American sex god. He stands somewhere between 5'11 and 7'4. He's burly. He's got long sexual chest there. Where the fuck? He is. Hey, shut up. The big LG. Look. Golly. Where the fuck did this lifts come from? I had a little wine. Our guest, our famous guest, gave him a little veto because we're old friends from the old days. Now when I leave, he's going to tell you all about some of the times we had. Oh, but anyway, if you shut the fuck up, my head's hurting from I can introduce him. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. His career ranges from NBC Sports through the World Wrestling Federation, Sports. World Wrestling Entertainment, Total Nonstop Action, <laughs> CSW. Self pop there, fake? MLW. Yeah. And currently, yes, Impact Wrestling. Uh, he uh, is a god of television production. He knows how to shoot pro wrestling uh, and has done it around the world. Uh, He's the one, the only, dynamic David. Oh, honey. Uh, get out of here, Frank. Oh, fuck you, Carl. You son of a you bitch. Piece of shit. <laughs> I miss you, I'm Frank. out of here. Uh, I love you, Fink. So, to, to, our, there, to our guest. Oh, hello, Zahadi. We have the legendary David Sahadi. He's fuck been yes. in the wrestling business for years this and years is, and years. This is, this is a, exciting this for is us. This is a guy. This is like you hear about underrated workers and underrated performers. This is a guy who's the, an unsung hero yes. in the business of professional wrestling. Because from 1992 to 2003, he's the guy. I mean, from the time I was eight years old until I got into the business, he's making all that magic happen. I guess I want to get into it. Like, so what exactly would your job title be? Oh, it's many things. Right now, you can call me uh, a creative director as far as post-production is concerned and the director of Impact. But I think I first cut my teeth and made my name known when I was working for the WWE because I came from NBC Sports. And I joined WWE back in 1992, the end of 1992. You know, they were down the dumps yep. and I just wanted to bring like, you know, a real sports feel to it. I always thought wrestlers are fucking tremendous athletes yeah. and they were being considered like, you know, goofballs or people that weren't wrestling fans. Right. I'm like, that's bullshit, man. These guys are legitimate athletes. And uh, it was like the cartoon yeah. era. Vince was putting all oh, the dude, gimmicks yeah, on everybody, yeah. right? Dude, you want to hear a funny story? I'd yeah, love one. Uh, 
I'm in there for two weeks. Um, John Filippelli, he's now the head of VS Network. Was he the Kevin Dunn? Yes, he was for two weeks, and then Kevin Dunn did a coup. Oh, and, here we and, go. And friggin' Let's hear about the coup. He, he, he fired, got flip fired, and there were 20 other former NBC employees who were working there, and he got them fired too. So I'm two weeks in, and I'm working on the opening for Raw that January. Wow. Are you and Kevin like, calls me in New York. This yeah. is 92. Well, yeah. And Kevin calls New York and says, So I didn't just so you know, uh, flip gone. John Anonymous gone. He just went down this list of like 20 people. And I thought it was like that scene in The Godfather at the end when Al Pacino was saying, like, you never put him off. Yeah. And he said to me, he goes, it was up to me. Your fucking ass would be out of here too because I hate you NBC guys. But guess what? <laughs> guess what? You're working on this opening for Raw. Vince wants to give you a chance. So it better be fucking good because your career is riding on it. Unreal. And dude, wow. Yeah. So dude, I walk in the editor about a week later, it's open and- in the room is Vince McMahon, Kevin Dunn, Curran Silphy's a director, the number one yeah, editor, yeah. Kevin Quinn, Bruce Pritchard's Curran. in there, Pat Patterson's in there. There's like 10 people in there. Yeah. And I get the thing loaded and Vince says, play it. And I know this is all audio, but I'm going to give you the impersonation. Yeah, please. So Vince sees it and Just it airs. It's 25 seconds. And when it's over, he does this. Hands on his hips. Yeah, looking down and he spent one minute, didn't say a word, nobody else said anything. He walks back to the coffee machine. Pours a cup, one pack of sweet and low, boom. Another pack of sweet and low, boom. So and I'm silence like, in the room. Yeah, and I'm like, I'm fucking fucked, man. I'm not going to be here much longer. Dude, this is it. He didn't like it. So he goes, all right, pal, play it again. And the editor plays it again. And then Vince looks up, stop instead of looking down. And again, this is like four minutes of silence, all in all combined. And I'm like, in the corner, like, all right, well, you know, I guess I'll sign my, uh, you know, my forms right now to my termination release. And he goes, I don't know. What do you guys think? And Bruce Pritchard goes, I like it, Vince. It's really different. We haven't done anything like that before. And somebody else is like, I love the music. I love this, you know? And like all of a sudden, one's Vince asked people's opinion because it was so different. They were doing things that were like a lot of pink and yellow, kind of like, you know, color palettes, whatever. And I was bringing in like black and white and red, you know? Did you do like the first Raw? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The red and black and white. With the police out of the air that goes, yeah. They liked it. Vince didn't know he liked it until anybody else until he heard about it. Yeah. And nobody else had said anything until Vince yeah. would say something first. You know how it is. But I went on there, dude, and That's I never. That's so I, interesting yeah, because what if what if they what if the people in there were worried that Vince didn't like it, and they said, "Well, I don't know if I liked it." I'm not much. sure if I think, liked it. Do you think Vince went? Well, Vince would have gone. Hmm. You're right. Yeah. That's so crazy yeah. that that is in there. Yeah, indeed. So, so then how long? My so, career there was. So that I, got you. That got you. Basically, got you hired. No, I was already hired. I mean, I that, guy, that, kept, fired, that, that kept saved, that kept, that yeah. saved yeah. you there. Gotcha. Yeah. And then but, from, um, so, that was, so that was 92 until... Yeah, and, and dude, basically my responsibilities there were... Um, I'll get to the attitude there in a second because yeah, I was of one of three people that helped create that thing. Vince didn't understand it at first. You know, we had to show him things. But uh, what I did there was I was doing all the cold opens for the pay-per-view, some of the cold opens for Raw, the commercials that aired outside our product. Sure. And I'm like, I don't want to do a wrestling spot. I want to do a spot with a wrestler in there. Yeah. But like fish out of water, like, you know, Doc Gallows in his gear, going to like a fine dining restaurant or something. Yeah. Something where you didn't know what it was, just because it would capture somebody's attention. And doing that stuff, I went on to win an incredible 28 Pro Max Gold Medallion Awards. They're like the equivalent of like Emmys to TV or Oscars to, uh, you know, actors, you know, at the Academy. And that's what I was known for, for doing this outside the box stuff that was either dramatic, emotional, um, just bizarre, like the uh, Freddie Blassie, uh, Freddie Fellini black and white things I did yeah. for a couple of things for shows. But I would just like cross everything. And cool. to give Vince McMahon some credit, because I really hadn't done much bad to say about Vince, but when I first went there, my first night on the show, we were in Regina, Canada. 
And he said, David, what we do about here is all about emotion. He meant the wrestling and the storylines. And I took that as like, you know what? Every spot I do, I want somebody to feel something from that. I want them to feel like joy or like fear or elation or laugh. So everything I did back then was born out of emotion. So how do you even get into that? Where did you go to college? Where did you go to college? Dude, I was a math major. So for all you kids out there, it's like (laughs) a college degree doesn't matter. It really doesn't, unless you want to be a doctor or a lawyer. Just like find a business you like. I like creating television. Yeah. And get an entry-level job in that field, as I did at NBC, as a gopher for Bob Costas and O.J. Simpson. And uh, you, you'll grow because you, you, you yeah. love what you're doing, you know? Yeah. And people see that you love this and, and have yeah. a passion for it. And you'll get promoted. And it's like, it won't feel like work. It's, it's a, like a hobby. So you, you worked your way up at NBC. Yeah, I did. What, what was it like being the gopher for Costas and O.J. Simpson? Let's hear about that. That's Dude, it, cool. was, it was, it that was, was like, cool. Costas was hot then, well, right? Costas, yeah. He was doing the, you know, I did the NFL uh, halftime and, and post-game shows, you know, the highlights and, and yeah. things. But I also like at Bob Costas Coffee. So the first day on there, it's wow. like, hey, young man, will you uh, get me coffee? I'm like, sure. How do you like it, Mr. Costas? He goes, black with uh, one sweet and low. The next week, hey, man, will you get me a cup of coffee? I'm like, yes, black with one sweet and low, right? And his eyes lit up. And he turned to me and said, how do you remember? I said, it's my job. Yeah. You're my guy. So that's how I remember. Yeah. And then you're so it's like Bob Costas was always great with me about that kind of stuff. Then you, how was it with OJ? OJ was a hoot. He was fun. We'd always go down to a bar called Hurley's. <laughs> oh, here we go. Uh, at, the, at the, you know, when, when the shows are over. Many brother OJ was. <laughs> yeah, dude. My dad actually drafted him for the Buffalo Bills. Back in the day, dude, they didn't have the draft like do right now. There's too many layers to this. I know. That's we why we got to do 18 episodes. Like, yeah, we have to volumes. <laughs> so um, back in the day, then it wasn't like it is right now. It's like the teams were based out of their cities and their and their headquarters. Yeah. And my dad was the rep for Buffalo, so they would call him and say, "I'll pick his OJ Simpson," and he'll walk up and say, "OJ Simpson, number one draft pick, 1969 Buffalo fuck? Bills." I got photos of him, dude. It's like you know, pointing at the pick. It was that's fucking awesome. amazing. Yeah. So OJ was always cool with me. I don't want to get into like you know the the, well, the murder, no murder, sure, because sure. Yeah, yeah, you know what? I don't have an opinion that's, that's on that kind of stuff. Yeah. But he was really fun to hang out with. He was like it's he made people laugh. Yeah. He, he did. Yeah. That's really cool. Was he fun to drink with? Yeah, of course he was. Was he was? OJ Simpson, the most famous guy in the world. Started before he got off air. I mean, I never did, but I think he might have started before he got off air. A little bit. <laughs> oh, naturally. Sure Don't a lot of those guys? Not Casas, though. He, he wasn't a drinker. Casas was, he seems like a pretty straight So to fast forward, fast forward a little bit, do you consider this, I guess when I think about it, I want to ask your opinion. Is King of the Ring 96 when Austin does the Stone Cold promos at the beginning of the Attitude Era with you guys? Um, were you going that way? No, we were starting to go down. that way, but business was down, and yeah. he said that line. And I was tasked with Chris Chambers about doing a series of four vignettes for his feud yep. with Bret Hart that was coming up. And people talk about five-star matches and how important they are. Yes, they are sure. to wrestling fans. But I remember moments. I remember yep. that Stone Cold was such a tough badass that he never tapped he passes out. out. He bled sure. out from yep. lack of yep. blood yep. to the brain. Yep. Yep. So I remember that moment. But I can't tell you a single move that happened in that match. Well, it doesn't the matter. Story of the match. That's what yeah. we all remember is that yeah. image of him bleeding that yeah. you guys fucking closed in on. And, yeah. and then he passes out. Yeah. yeah, and funny thing is, before I get to that, it it's like we were starting to, you know, he was really getting hot. So were you in the truck in there when it was going I on? I was never in the truck until I came to Impact. Gotcha. So what were you doing there? Always post-production. I was traveling to L.A. and Miami and doing $100,000, like, you know, campaign shoots yeah. for WrestleMania or for Rumble or for other things. Like when we did those WrestleMania shoots with all the lighting and all the shit flying yeah. all around yeah. us. That kind and of it was shit. like, you know, we rehearsed something three times and you do like, you know, four or five takes until you find the one that you like. So it was one camera. 
it was rehearsals. It wasn't like now we have to act in the moment and like make decisions. We, we cut pretty quickly. So I'm making decisions like every second and a half on what, what camera to go to and making sure that I'm, I'm directing the cameraman so they get the right things that I want. So yeah. it's completely different, like right side, left side way of thinking. It took me a while wow. to get good at directing uh, TV shows with multi-cameras because I wasn't used to it. Then you learned though. Yeah, because Jeff Jarrett uh, insisted that I do it because uh, he fired <laughs> one one director and, and the other guy that I got hired, I won't mention his name. Uh, <laughs> no, we um, like, well, well, he's, he's good friends with Scott Tamora, but sure. uh, Jeff hired him and I gave the approval and then he didn't like him after two months and, you know, Keith Mitchell didn't like him. So we tried to switch roles and when Jeff wanted me to first direct and I said, no, try him as producer and keep this director. He still wasn't liked. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, Jeff said, Sadi, it's you. I'm going to hire somebody I don't even know. So just give it a shot. We're not live. Just it's tape shows for the next few months. Just give it a shot. And there you go. You evolve yeah. again. Oh, I can't tell you how many fucking dives I missed back in like uh, when I first started in 2006, you know, and 2000. So. You yeah. learn by failure. You learn by missing something. Sure. And I, even to this day, dude, I consider myself very good at directing. But yeah, I'll still watch back clips and shows and be like, I wish I had this a little bit tighter here. I wish I got a shot of that there. I'm always critiquing my work and always want to get better. You know, you know what, Sahadi, Brother Sahadi, you haven't seen the 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 uh, New Japan Cameras in Japan, oh they miss God. everything because they they're they're famed on the business. Oh, in the business is work. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's unreal. <laughs> yeah. Well, it helps have uh, agents in the truck. And here's a, a funny story. Do you remember Savio Vega? Yeah. Oh yeah. He was an agent at one point. <laughs> yeah. And Jeff he had a match Savio. with like six knockouts. It was like three on three. And at one point, they're all in the ring again. He goes, "Sonny, give me a shot of the girl. Give me a shot of her." I'm like, "Who's her? Give me a pronoun. Her, her, the blonde girl. The blonde girl." I'm like. Savio, five out of six are blondes. <laughs> Tell me which one. I know. Velvet, velvet. So it's like by the time he communicated me, it's like 12 yeah. seconds gone by, like the shot was gone. So so when you were editing a lot of those, like you said you edited all you know, all the fucking pay-per-view opens and stuff like yeah. that. So did, would that be at home or is that in a studio? No, that was in the studio. So the studio. I would basically do a rough cut. Um, were you in Stanford? Yeah, in Stanford. Yeah. That's where I was, uh, you know, for all those years. Yep. And do like a offline, you know, like rough cut of something with the shots and give it to my editor and say, let's put a look on this. Give it my sound guy and say, let's get, let's get creative. Remember with we the toured fucking, that you know, studio. It's right yeah. there by the headquarters. It's massive, dude. Yeah. Yeah. You, were you living in Connecticut? I was living in Connecticut. Did yeah. you like it? I moved there from New York. I actually loved it for a while. The main reason why I quit is Triple H said this, and he's probably right, um, that I was a little burnt out. After. So what year did you quit? 2003. So you were there from, for over yeah. 10 years. Decade. But I'm one of the few people that left on their own terms. Yeah. Right. And well, I just yeah, felt know. like, awesome. what happened to us? Are you rubbing it in here, brother? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> He's making fun of us. No, no. That's what we wanted no. to do. No, Vince fucked up. Then we, got, we, we fucked that up. Yeah. Vince fucked then we up. got canned unceremoniously, yeah. goddammit. Yeah. 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 We, we made a bad decision yeah. and then we got canned. Yeah. Yeah. But dude, 2003 came and yeah. for a year I wasn't happy because the company went, you know, public yeah. yep. shareholders. They hired some people that knew yeah. nothing about wrestling, but they, they instead of me talking to Kevin Dunn or Vince directly, yeah. I had to go through other people uh. and they had the worst ideas. And I just felt like creatively I was stymied. I just like couldn't do the things I wanted to do because they couldn't yeah. understand this outside yeah. the box stuff, which got the casual fan, which also got the wrestling fan to love as well too. They kind of wanted to like to sanitize everything and make it vanilla. And that's not that me, dude. I, I, li I like colors, man. I really do. So, just like a year was, you know, I was like feeling like I needed to take a break from this place, you sure. know, working 60, 70 hours a week, doing all the important stuff. And so what kind of power was Hunter in at that point? When I left, he was uh, dating Stephanie. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, so he was just, but he was yeah. still 
I'm not sure if he was married back then in 2003, but Bonhan was really cool with me. Yeah. But it was, again, it was a me thing. It wasn't Vince or Hunter or anybody there. It's just that all these rock. new yeah. people that only lasted a couple of years were just making my life miserable. Yeah. Because they knew better. And I, you know, I went to Kevin Dunn and said, Kevin, I need to take some time off. And he's like, yeah, you're joking. He goes, no, I need a little sabbatical. It took me five minutes to convince Kevin that I was, you know, really needed he to go. He tried to keep you. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, Kevin, I can leave today. I know how this place works. I can stay for six months. I just need to know that... I need a break. I need to take a sabbatical. And he goes, okay, well, why don't we do this? Why don't you uh, make your last day in a month, you know, from now? And, uh, you know, we'll ease it on. I said, okay, thank you. And uh, let me tell Vince. He goes, oh, no, no, something this big. I just can't tell Vince the news. You can't tell him. I got to figure out, you know, the best way to, to, to give it to Vince and give a solution. So, <laughs> so like under our lives. So by the time he told Vince what was going on. Yeah. It was like three and a half weeks in. So I think Vince thought that instead of me being flexible on like my out date, that it was, you he know. He gave a hard out. A, four, a four day notice. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no matter what. They put the on you. Oh, because no, yeah. when I came back from LA, the last commercial I For shot sure, was the yeah. Brock Lesnar SummerSlam commercial where he's on the beach. Yeah. It was a takeoff of Jaws. Yeah. yeah. Shock, shock, get the water, get out of the water. And at the end, you the see F5 Brock in his wrestling gear, yeah, like yeah, just yeah. running out there, you know, doing the yeah. F5 on, on the shark in the ocean. So uh, you gave a four day notice to well, in Vince's mind, <laughs> yes. I did, yeah. But in reality, it was it could have been six months. Yeah, it doesn't And matter. again, before Kevin, you know, I talked to Kevin and he knew that I was serious. He said, let's take three months off and we'll pay you. Kevin, I can't. He goes, why? And I said, because I'm going to be counting down. Okay, 89 days left, 88 days left, 87 days left. <laughs> At least you knew that. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, Kevin, it might be three months. It might be a year. I don't know. So five months later, Kevin asked me to have dinner with him and John Burek, who was replacing me oh, yeah. in the job. Big. Really? Oh, yeah, so big. he went into your spot. Well, with, with somebody else. Kevin uh, told me that my spot was too important for one person. So yeah, actually, I was doing the job with two people. So he had to make it two headed <laughs> monster. We have some. But it's really Kevin Dunn's way of getting big a, a job there. He found an opening for him. It was my departure. Was big as guy then? Yeah. Even then, yeah, before and, then? And Big's a really nice guy, man. I, I, I'm not going to say anything bad about him, but he was always Kevin's friend. He was known for doing the tough enough stuff, producing yeah, all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah, and that's really why we knew He was, was really good at that, yeah. yeah. No, we had, but, we had some we had yeah. some big stuff yeah. when we almost came to Tina yeah. the first time. Yeah. yeah. But so five months later, it's, you know, they're having dinner with Big and, and Kevin Dunn, and they say, hey, man, uh, we have five options for you to come back. And I'm like, okay, let me hear them. And none of the five options were part-time. And I'm like, let me ease back in. I said, you can yeah. pay me a lot less, but let me work part-time like two weeks at a time or three months at a time and a month off before it's full-time. And Kevin goes, it's full-time or no time. And I said, oh, I can't do full-time. And I goes, okay, it's no time. We'll talk later. WWE style. Yes, and I traveled cross-country. It was a fucking time of my life. Um, met so many cool people. Um, wrote a novel, Last Call of the Gods. Uh, nice. Spiritual. And Freddie Blass is in there, by the way, too. Uh, nice. Yeah. That's every cool. every every god that comes in has their own entrance theme. Like, wow. Jesus had his own entrance theme. How do you uh, how do you pick up the novel? Uh, Amazon.com. There you go. Yeah. What's the name Thank of it? Thank you. Last Call of the Gods. Awesome. It's spiritualism with a lot of comedy. Very cool. So, so why so burned out? Was it just, was it every day something, answering to something, emails, Different people that didn't know what they were talking about. That That's what it was. You. Yeah, or because again, there were three layers of me getting to Vince directly. And gotcha. everybody had to hear my opinion. Like when it came time to doing stuff, Vince and I always had this Friday afternoon, evening thing. Yeah. He wanted to end the week, talk to me for about 30 minutes in his office. And I would pitch him ideas. I'm like, Vince, think of like uh, that movie Fields of Dreams. So what if we have like, you know, it's like this guy, if you build a company, he's building something cornfield, you don't know what it is. Gigantic yeah. reveal. It's a ring in the cornfield. Yeah. And all of a sudden it's well, like, Vince, you know, Vince likes animated pitches like you're doing he, right Oh, like, I stand he up. Like he, he told me. Because if you don't do it this yeah. way, it ain't going to work. Yeah. And then we hit the gym right <laughs> afterwards. But it was just like, I had that. And then like around 2000, 2001, that got taken away. 
See, we used to hear that people would pitch stuff for us and they would say, well, I think the Good Brothers should do this and do that. And then they would go, Vince would go, well, I don't know. And then Michael Hayes would go, well, I think that Seamus and Cesaro should do this. And he'd stand up and he'd go, and they should do that and do this. And Vince would go, all right, that's good. Yeah. And, it's like, and Michael Hayes never went to bat for us. That, really that was our issue. We never had anybody going. So yeah. you got to be, if you're going to go, guys, here you go. If you're going into Vince. Have an animated pitch, goddamn Have an animated it. pitch, goddammit. Right. Yeah. So how do you know? Yeah, hop around like a little bird. Dude, I pitch Vince the attitude spot. I know what you're thinking. I'm not really an athlete. I'm just a wrestler. Yep. Well, I did this, I did that. I played college football for NC State. I actually played for the Dallas Cowboys. I played basketball, you know, University of Tennessee. That was Taker. And I read the copy of Vince. It's the beginning of the attitude era. You know, this box. And then it became like the screens on stage. And Vince didn't get it. And Kevin Dunn said, just shoot it anyway and show it to him. And then once Vince saw that, he loved it. The Titantron on, on the stage. He didn't understand why we want to screen and stick up the entire stage. We said, you can play entrance videos in there. You can do interviews with people that are backstage, you That's know, pop up live cool. on the oh, screen. Wow. So, you, you know. Tron? No, I didn't come up with the Tron. Uh, Chris and, and Kevin Dunn did. But gotcha. I came up with, you know, the whole attitude and doing things differently. Sure. Like, you know what? We're getting our asses kicked, man. We got to do something different outside right. the box. Let's make this fucking product yeah. feel real. Yeah. You know, it's like get cameras backstage live without even telling some of the talent, you know, a fight goes back there and just it was real. And fans felt that. And I knew we had fans when they said things like, "Okay, I know wrestling is fake, but um, Vince and Stone Cold really hate each other, don't they? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, they really hate each other, man. I'm like, look, we got them. You know, they took the date. And then about Vince not getting things. I did a sequel to the Attitude Spot. It was with uh, it was called The Legend Spot with Freddie Blassie, Gorilla Monsoon. Pat Patterson, Killer Kowalski. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was awesome. And it starts out with you know, Freddie in this empty arena yep. in Albany. I can yep. still hear the echoes cheering so my He knows all that. Time. I remember that. It's a crowd. Yeah. You know, commercials, but that's bad. I never walked the top rope or did moonsault. We never flew through the air. So it was actually the older guys putting over the young guys. Right. And this, this might be one of my favorite spots just because of the emotion it got from Vince. So. Kevin Dunn calls me. I'm doing the shoot in, in Albany. And goes, uh, he goes, uh, Vince called. Can't understand why you sh- shoot these old guys. He not understand there's a passing of the torch kind of a spot. Yeah. Um, he goes, so it better be fucking good. Because, you know, he's, he's very upset. I'm like, trust me, he's going to look. So a week later when the spot was done, we called him into the audio room to like listen to it on the big screen and played it loud. 15 seconds in, it's him, Shane, and I think Pat Patterson. 15 seconds interview, and Vince's like, oh, God. And then again, oh, God, Jesus, oh, God. Dude, he walked out before the tag page even came up. I turned to Shane and said, he hates it, doesn't he? He goes, no, Saad, you got him. And I swear to you, my life that I walked outside the studio. Vince is sitting on the ground in tears, just drenched with tears. And he's saying, thank you so much. And I walked up to kill Kevin Dunn that. And Kevin Dunn goes, good, good job. I can't wait to see the spot. And 20 minutes later, I walked back down the studio. And Vince is in the stairwell sitting down with Pat Patterson and he's still crying, saying, thank you, thank you so much. And I think one reason why that affected Vince so much is that he saw it wasn't just a passing of the torch from one wrestling generation to another, but also the legacy of his dad to him. So I think he felt on a very uh, visceral, personal yeah, level. But to make Vince McMahon cry, yeah, it's like, I, I had to say it's one of my top spots of all time, even though I've For done sure. far more creative things, but there was emotion in that spot. Yeah. And as I said, it's all about emotion. This episode of Talk and Shop is brought to you by Manscaped. Time to clear out your winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOTS20, H-O-O-T-S 20. Now, Manscaped has the full package you need for spring cleaning 
this year. The Performance Package 4.0, it's the only tool you need to keep your boys looking and smelling like the fresh tulips your partner wants in your garden. To start off your spring cleaning, use the Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer to get the most precise shave on your hedges. Did I mention that it's waterproof as well? Yep, that worked with me in the shower. Equipped with an LED light so you know it'll be major asset to the new shower routine. Clear your holes and smell the spring air with the Weed Whacker. This nose and ear hair trimmer provide proprietary skin-safe technology, which helps prevent nicks, snags, and tugs in those delicate holes. After clearing your nose, make sure we get uh, get rid of that foul ball smell with the uh, the Crop Preserver and the Crop Reviver. Now, the Crop Preserver is an anti-chafing ball deodorant and moisturizer. The Reviver, well, that's a spray-on toner for your balls, and you want to keep those boys from sticking to your leg and leave them smelling like fresh-cut spring flowers. Finish off your grooming routine with the Plow 2.0, the perfect razor for the finest shave on your face. Because if you're using your lawnmower 4.0 on your balls and your face, you're doing it wrong, boys. The start of spring also marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. Get 20% off plus free shipping with the code HOOTS20 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code HOOTS20 at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Brian Myers just walked in. Hello, Brian. Hello, Brian. Hey, guys. You're not going to walk in here and not get on this podcast, pal. Shitty, unsuccessful podcast. What's going on? But it's, it's successful still. Fucking piece of shit. <laughs> here, Myers always comes here and starts talking shit to us. Anyways. But you, that guy, though. I don't know why. I'm more to Myers. Well, I actually feel like that. I actually feel like Hawkins, Hawkins or Myers would really enjoy what we've been talking about. He's like, we're not going to tell him anything. I'll stop, yeah. I'll stop bullying you guys because I actually want to listen to <laughs> Bullying. This is double bullying us. He's been talking about a lot of the stuff that you probably grew up watching. Yeah, even before that, though, like 1992, uh, you know, straight WWF stuff, the opening of Raw and Vince loving it. And my, I guess my question is, how did the transition happen to where you became like the guy that like made all the cool TNA stuff? Oh, yeah, now we're talking. So, so you, you left WWE. Well, I left WWE. That's, that's, perfect. that's actually a perfect question. Yeah, it is a perfect question. Yeah, so, yeah because I brought a different mindset there. It's like I came from sports, as I said earlier. How did you and get so to How did you get to TNA, though? You left WWE. I, took, I had a sabbatical yep. for a year and a half. Sabbatical happened. And Jeff Jarrett calls me. And perfect says, question. Out of nowhere? Yeah, he goes, I heard you've been traveling the country. And yeah. I said, yep. Yeah. He goes, I haven't been to Nashville yet. And I said, nope. And nope. he goes, well, I want to think about hiring you. So why don't you come to Nashville? And I said, Jeff. I don't want to get back into, into wrestling. When I do get back in TV, it's not going to be wrestling. It's going to be something else. He goes, just come to Nashville Monday. I'll buy you lunch. So I went there and I saw the passion on Jeff Jarrett's sleeve because they were going to the monthly pay-per-view. Yeah. So I signed a deal, which I wanted with WWE yep. for just three months only to start. Yep. This is and year 2003? This is 2004. Gotcha. Yeah. So the first thing we did was the Victory Road monthly pay-per-view. So I did the marketing campaign for that, the promos, the cold open, and all that stuff. And the cold open actually made Jeff cry when he saw that. So it's like, that was it. And then when WWE found out, it was like, 
nobody can talk to Sahadi. I don't <laughs> so care if you're a friend. You can yeah. blacklist. You cannot call wow. him. You cannot text him. You cannot email him, or that will be grounds for immediate termination. Really? Yeah. Holy shit. Because in their minds, I joined the competition. I'm just like, gotcha. I joined for three months just to help launch them onto the monthly pay-per-views right. while we're waiting to get on, on uh, you know, Spike TV. Yeah. They're looking at that as, as competition, no matter what. Yeah. And yeah. with me, betrayal. But yeah. it wasn't. Big I was just betrayal. helping out Jeff, yeah, just, where I work with a lot of times. You know? You've known Jeff for years yeah. because of just being in the business. For Jeff so is the reason why I joined. But let's see. Let's see. So then you were there. So at TNA, how long did you, were you there for? Was it three months only? I was well, at TNA from years. 2004 yeah. until now. Yeah. Um, so just never left. Well, there was actually one year where they uh, let me go just for a bit because the company was doing so poorly oh. under, you know, Dixie and whoever uh, else was yeah. running it that they had to get rid of anybody who was making six figures. Exactly. Couldn't yeah. pay me. And they had a guy that was doing four other jobs, like one of the lead guys uh, for Scott. And he's like, hey, I can direct the shows. We don't need to hire Saudi. I'll save you money there, too. So it was all for not dying, for bottoming it out so we can grow again. So a year later, they asked me to come back. And I'm like, sure, I'll come back. I'd, I'd love to come back. What a fucking, what a story. That's amazing, dude. What's your favorite spot you've ever produced? Like, WWE TV. Making Vince cry and making Jeff cry is pretty It's pretty tough, yeah. I love, That's true. I love the feel okay, of the those spots. Two. Those are yeah. those two, yeah. Uh, here's another fun one. It was, uh, it was a spot that was airing during the uh, Major League Baseball playoffs. So, again, it's not a wrestling audience. Yeah. So, I had the spot where for the first nine seconds, you think it's the Yankees against somebody. We hired the voice of John Sterling. He's the official voice of the, of the Yankees. And he goes like this, it all comes down to this, two outs, bottom of the ninth for the big red machine. Takeoff on Cincinnati Reds. Yeah. And then the camera pans over and you see Kane, Kane. at bat in, in his full gear. Yeah. And like, you know, the Yankee guy looks down the picture, throws a pitch. We have a shot where the camera's actually found the ball on the glove. Oh, that's cool. Three mighty swings from three different angles of the camp. It's not like boom, boom, boom. He gets a home run with the flash cubes going off in the yeah. crowd, right? It's a dribble to the pitcher. And John Sterling goes, this should be it. And as he's going to throw to first base, Edge comes out of nowhere and spears a guy. Oh, that's as cool. they're rounding second base, the Hardy brothers come off ladders and take out the shortstop in the second yeah, baseman. Cool. Yeah. Uh, he's running around third base, Kane, and then Fruk hits, you know, the guy he's trying to tag about the back of the garbage can. Yeah. And then, you know, it, he finally makes it home by running over the mascot, the team mascot. That's, you know, that's it's fun. like, ah, WWE wins, WWE wins. And that was a fun spot because yeah. it appealed to baseball fans. It sucked them in. Again, it's know your it's audience. so different, too. Yeah, yeah. It's great. I always see, I like when you, you actually walk up to Gallows and say, hey, you're one of the guys I don't have to actually edit because your punches are so oh, good. Oh, my God, he's got the best punches around. Are you kidding? I, 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 I say, 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 I I mean, in comparison. <laughs> he has the wind-up. You know, like, the boom. The boom. The boom. I love it. The Get out of here, Hawkins. Fuck off. <laughs> did you do the... Uh, I might have missed this before I came in, but the one, the full, like... It's kind of like the kick in the door open the attitude error in my mind. It's like, you want mercy? Take your ass to church. Yeah. That whole right. deal. Mm-hmm. With everyone, it's like Farouk. Like, yes. Talking about his, you know... Yes. Uh, his accolades and... College football yeah, and everything. That was the attitude spot. That was yeah. uh, the first one where it was, you know, about the athletes. The second one was the older generation putting over the current guys today. You missed some good stories, Hawkins, and I'm glad well, that you did. I'm not going to tell you. I'll give you that down. Give us a listen, asshole. Yeah, you piece of shit. <laughs>
<laughs> but you know what, though? I'm glad that we got the opportunity to, Bro, to work with you. Thank you so much. We yeah. do this again. I haven't finished my block. You kicking me out already? No. No, no, no. no we're not kicking you out. Okay. We we'll, we'll cut this one we off. Do, we do 30 And then we're, we're, we're going to hang out. Yeah. Okay. Or so I'll be back on again? Yes, of course. Oh, please. I just got started, man. I know. No, that's... Thank God. Brian Myers has some of the my, you know... Stories of TNA. Yeah, I actually wait for it. Hey, this is... We need content. We're cutting this off. We're going to do episode two. This is David Saadi. David Sahadi, part one, over. Good brothers out. <laughs> Fuck you, Hawkins.